if it was just God or Satan, we'd always choose God. But yeah. if it's God or self. Right. Hey, everybody, welcome again to another episode of Kettering Connect, a weekly video cast where we hang out every single week for about, you know, 15 minutes or so and spend some time in the scriptures studying, reading, processing, and applying the teaching that is going to come this next week. And so today, in case you haven't noticed, a beautiful young man is sitting here in front of me, Adam Brown. And Adam will be preaching this week. And so he's joining us on Kettering Connect. So thank you, Adam, for being here. Thanks for having me. Um, so I, I just, just for everyone out there and just for, to embarrass our, ourselves. I'm good with it. Um, I actually remember the first time meeting you. I don't know if you remember, and this is going to make I, me sound like a complete creeper. I'm interested to see where this goes because I probably don't remember. <laughs> okay. Right. Well, and that's, that's probably good for, for everybody. It was 1997. A couple years ago. A few, right. About 23 <laughs> years ago, which automatically tells everybody how, how old we are. Um, Tacoma Park. Mm-hmm. December. Oh, let's not talk about this. Oh, no, no, no. We need to talk about this. <laughs> and uh, I, I forget what day it was, but the point was, um, we're in high school. Mm-hmm. I'm wearing a blue jersey yes. as a member of the Hinsdale Hurricane basketball team. We're about to play the AAA Aardvarks. Yeah, right? weirdest weirdest mascot ever. Don't know how we came yeah, up with that. Aardvark, but, it's yeah, the Aardvark? It's just it two A's and then three A's, AAA, I guess, is what they... Oh, so oh, Atlanta <laughs> Adventist Academy yeah, Aardvarks. Yep. So it's really like a lot of quadruple A's. A's. Yep. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> so we're playing the Aardvarks, and, um, and Adam's cousin... Actually, no, at the time, I think there was just one. No, maybe mm-hmm. Brian was there too. Adam's two cousins, uh, Jared and Brian, were both on my team, and they were kind of giving us the scouting report on these Brown brothers, Adam and Royce. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so they were telling us about, about you and your play mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. And so I remember my coach actually asked me to D you up. And I went in to do up, and I think it lasted about 15 seconds. And then he called me out. He's like, nope, no. nope, switch him out. I'm right? sure it was more like 30. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Okay. So anyway, so in case you don't know, Adam was a baller. And then, right, so that was in 97, and I don't forget what happened, but whatever. That was that basketball No, you guys tournament. won. My cousin will never let me forget. We did. I, we do have a very large trophy <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, from that tournament. Um, so, so you do remember. Okay, good. But then two years later, it was actually August of 99, mm-hmm. And uh, I'm a freshman at Southern Adventist University, and I'm in the 1 p.m. Don Leatherman Greek class, right? Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. <laughs> and I think it was a Monday, or maybe it, was, it doesn't matter. It was the first day, of, and Dr. Leatherman is doing roll call, mm-hmm. right? And he goes, you know, Brown, Adam. And then I hear your voice, right, from, you know, the back over there. Like, Definitely the back. Dude. <laughs> well, right. And I was also in the back. I was like, dude, this guy, is that only a baller? And he's a scholar. Like, man. So just so the world knows, I've had a man crush on Adam for about 23 years. Appreciate that. And uh, so anyway, and he's preaching this week. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> that's probably long and awkward for everybody. Uh, anyway, so uh, so who are you? So I know a little bit about you. Mm-hmm. I think we got here about the same time, yep. right? Summer of 2016. 2016. Um, so I came here to be a pastor Why'd you come here? <laughs> so I, uh, I work at Kettering College. I came here in August of 2016. Um, Ohio was not the first choice. That's what everybody says. Right, right. And so Victor Brown, which all of us know, he's an elder here at the church. He, um, he recruited me pretty hard a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. And the last time um, just felt the Lord calling. And so my wife, Jesse, my two boys, my younger son, Henry, was literally about 
this long. He was three weeks old. Mm. We sold a house, um, bought a house. My wife had never seen the house. That's a whole different sermon for another and time. you're still married. Right, exactly. So, so. that also t- tells you something. <laughs> right. Okay, good. So yeah, we moved here. We've been here almost four years now. It's been an exciting time. Yeah, I work at the college. I get to yeah. oversee. Now I get to oversee enrollment, oversee student affairs. But really what I want is for our students to meet Jesus and, and mm-hmm. see this life calling of healthcare and sharing God through healthcare. And so it's been an exciting time, a different kind of institution. I worked at Southern Adventist University for 11 years. Um, I'm, Liberal Arts College is where I went. We, yeah. we hung out there quite a bit. And mm-hmm. so coming here, it's been an amazing journey. I love it. I, don't, I can't foresee ever wanting to go anywhere else. The people in Ohio are literally the nicest people I've ever Dude, met. Dude, that's so and true. So, I love and it. A lot of times people are like, Ohio, right. why do you live in Ohio? Like, to vacation no, 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 no. in nice places. Right, clearly, right, for the for the beautiful scenery uh, in the vacation spots. But yeah, but the people are so nice, right? Mm-hmm. The community mm-hmm. is really what well, I say a lot. And I know it sounds cliche, but honestly, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you did allude to, to Jesse, but mm-hmm. I just, so you know, and just so the church family knows, like you and Jesse have been, like when we moved here, we mm-hmm. kind of moved here together. But you guys have been like family for Andrea and I, and really appreciate right. that. Um, so Jesse's an amazing person. We also went to school yep. at Southern. I definitely married up. Everyone knows so, that. So yeah, as, as I think we all do. <laughs> right, most men. Uh, right, exactly. <laughs> so um, all right, so this week we're in Galatians four. Mm-hmm. Um, super awesome. We've been walking through the series uh, this summer in the book of Galatians, and you specifically are focusing on verses one through seven. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so let's just dive into it. Uh, Adam, will you mind reading the first three verses sure. and then we'll kind of talk about it a little bit? So yeah, verses one through three, it says this, what I am saying is that as long as the heir is a child, he is no different from a slave. Although he owns the whole estate, he is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. So also when we were children, we were in slavery under the basic principles of the world. So yeah, I, it, I love this chapter. We've been studying Galatians, and just right away it hits you with, okay, here's what we've been talking about, this righteousness by faith, Mm -hmm. and who has more or better salvation? I'm a Jew, but what Paul is saying clearly is like, no, 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 everybody's a slave. Right. And so I just, it hit me right away when I was studying this that, okay, we're just setting the groundwork of an even playing field here that uh, we all are heirs no matter what the Gentile or Jew. Right. Like a lot of times we like to draw lines, but mm-hmm. Paul is clearly like, no, there's no line. We're right. all in this. What I really like or find interesting at least is um, verse two. Mm-hmm. It says they have to obey their guardians. Well, my, my version it says they have to obey their guardians until they reach whatever age their father set. Um, I wasn't hundred percent sure what that meant. So mm-hmm. looked it up right. and, and come to find out. Okay. So many of us know, right. So within Judaism, they have a set age mm-hmm. for like a coming of age. Right. And there's a, a whole ceremony for that. You know, once you're this age, you are no longer a child. Now you're an adult, um, for the Greeks as well. Right. There's a set age. Once mm-hmm. you become this, now you're an adult. Um, did you have a, you know, when you were growing up, was there like, okay, a certain age, now you're an adult or is there like a driver's license? Yeah. Driver's license. You get the keys to the car for the first time. And, uh, yeah, that's a big deal. Right. Um, but for the Romans, they didn't have that. Mm -hmm. It was more this idea of, um, it's up to the dad. All right. So there isn't like a set age. It's like, okay, I think, you know, according to the dad, it's like, okay, now I think you're Mm -hmm. ready. Um, and if I was a really good pastor, I remember the name of it, and I totally don't remember the name, but I do remember it's on March 17. On March 17, they would have this specific Roman 
festivity mm-hmm. a celebration. It was called something uh, festival where then the dads would make this big deal and would then like publicly declare, okay, this is now my son. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a very public thing. Everyone would then know, okay, they can now have the, uh, they can accept the inheritance. They now have the freedoms of, of being a, 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 an actual citizen. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were given a specific toga, right? So before then they kind of had more like a, a minor's or a child's toga with, I think it had like purple stripes and stuff. So you could very clearly tell, okay, that is a child. But then whenever this event happened and the dad said, okay, you are now an adult, he, he would be given, or the girl would be given a, like an adult toga, right? To make it very clear, right? You, like now you're an adult, right? You have all these freedoms and stuff. And so I think it's pretty cool that it's it's kind of like within that backdrop that Paul is making this connection. Yeah, and it's so interesting too that right before this, they're talking about Abraham, and we know how much the Jews right. love Abraham, right. and going all the way back and saying, no, no Abraham's the father of everybody. Right. And right. so this idea, and, you, and you, you talked about the the Roman culture, the Jewish culture was very similar. You know, I know right. all of us, we studied the parable of the prodigal son and how mm. offensive it was to say, giving my inheritance at such yeah. a young age because you were supposed to wait. But this idea of you're a child, you will come of age when your father says you're of age, when you show the responsibility. I know for me, that mm. would have been like 25, yeah, not right. like 18. Right. Um, but yeah, this idea of... And also the same idea of like, you're the heir, but you're treated the same as a slave. Mm-hmm. And so I mean, many of us, and again, slavery is something that as Americans, we've grown up and we've known about, but this idea of like the slave who's worth nothing, who's owned by somebody else and the heir who the only reason that they're special is because their dad owns everything. Right. They're on equal playing. Right. And for most of the culture, it's like, no, 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 the slave gets nothing. Let's not talk about them. Let's talk about the heir. And right away, it's like, nope. Jesus died for everybody, even playing field, which I'm sure at this time was not something that they wanted to hear. Right. And I think even for us, sometimes we have, we wrestle with that. Right. Like we know it cognitively, Mm -hmm. but then in reality, right. Um, Well, and especially, yeah, I, I I love that, especially in light of, so like the next verse, uh, verse three, and then we'll keep, we'll move on. Mm -hmm. Um, Verse three, my Bible says, and that's the way it was with us before Christ came. And we were like children. We were slaves to the basic spiritual principles of this world. Um, again, that was one of those things. I was like, "Oh, that's that's interesting. What's what does that mean? The basic spiritual principles." So again, looked it up, did a little research, and basically, there's this idea. Um, it's called like the ABCs of the universe, mm-hmm. and essentially, like we have other words for it, like like karma, right? Or like like Job, right? Job had had all these awful things. These awful things happen to him. The friends come and they do exactly what they're supposed to do: sit with them in silence, mm-hmm. just mourn, just be in his presence, you know, to support him, just be with him. And then they screw up when they start talking, um, <laughs> which is true for many of us. But basically, the, the friend's idea was this ABCs of the universe. And that is, well, clearly you did something wrong because God is now like cursing you, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, karma, same type of concept. And so essentially, that's the basis of this, this phrase here when, when Paul says we were slaves to the basic spiritual principles of the world. This idea that, well, no, if you do good, then God will bless you, mm-hmm. right? And if you don't, if you're a jerk, if you cut someone off on the highway or whatever, mm-hmm. well, then clearly something bad is going to happen. And and Paul's like, no, no, right. th- that concept, th- that's not how it is with Jesus. Right. And this idea, which when I studied, most of the things that popped out to me, 
and I don't know, it's just because my background, my family is Jewish. And so this idea of the law and their principles and that if I do good by the law, mm. I will then earn my salvation. Right. And that somehow cheapens our salvation or makes it more impressive that I was able to follow these principles right. that God gave us and thus we're special and thus I can follow all along or the basic principles of this world, like be nice and nice yeah. things will happen to you. But right. if you're a jerk, bad things will happen to you. Right. And how much do we as human beings, we think, well, the nice people have bad things happening to them and the jerks have good things. So this whole idea of the basic principles of the world, they're not right anyways. Yeah, right, right. And then God's law, which was never made to earn salvation, right. which is that's where we've been at now. And, and we're talking about this and this idea of slavery. We're slaves to sin and we're slaves to the law or the basic principles of this mm -hmm. world, unless... Mm -hmm. The sun came and took our spot, which we'll get into in the next few verses. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, so let's get into it then. Um, no, it's just, it's, it's really interesting. Yeah, okay. So I'll just read uh, from four to seven. Uh, but when the right time came, oh, that's so interesting. We should go back and talk about that. But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. So, um, yeah, anything kind of jump out at you about that? Or, um... Well, it's just so interesting as humans, our concept of time. Right. <laughs> and so this true. idea of, you know, especially for the Jews, like they've been waiting their entire lives for the Messiah. Mm -hmm. And then us now, we've been waiting our entire lives for Jesus to come back. Mm -hmm. And I know for me, I've heard it my whole life, mm -hmm. Jesus is coming soon. Right. Well, the idea of soon for God and the idea of soon for us, and so this, but when the time had fully come, God sent his son, that time, his timing is perfect. Right. But the Jews, they missed it anyways. Right. <laughs> right. So right. even with this perfect time, and it goes back, you know, into those next couple of, of verses about that. But yeah, God's timing. I know for me in my own life, I'm such an impatient person. Mm-hmm. Even though I, even if I was a Jew, I'd have known all the signs, but Jesus came and he didn't look and smell and act and whatever the way I wanted him to. Mm -hmm. And so, mm -hmm. eh. Well, and that's, <laughs> I mean, that's like the narrative of scripture, right? How many times, you know, you look at any of these people, Noah or, or Abraham even, right? And, or, or Joseph, it seems like God's timing, it, it, it's always different than mm -hmm. ours, like always, right? And I mean, and you've worked with kids mm -hmm. you know, for a long time, high school kids, college kids. You know, I, a lot of times the question is, well, I, I'm looking for a sign. Like, how do mm -hmm. I know God's timing? How do I know? Right. And uh, no, it's definitely a challenge, right? But mm -hmm. there, but there's he's always up to something, right? Mm -hmm. and it's usually way outside what we're thinking. Um, and I also think, you know, it, I also feel like it's also connected to the previous concept of okay, well, you are, you are now an adult, right? You can get that adult toga, but it's up to how the father sees, like, are you ready? Mm -hmm. And then it's like, okay, now you're ready, but it's not ready based on the child's actions. It's based all on his own actions. Okay, mm -hmm. now you're ready because of the son and what he's doing. So anyway, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, God's timing is so interesting. Um, yeah, and then, yeah, anything else? I, I like verse 5. God sent him to buy freedom for mm -hmm. us. Um, I thought that was interesting because sometimes when Paul uses this word like purchase, 
or or to buy like in English, it actually means okay, there's like a cost. Mm-hmm. And then let's say it's ten bucks, you pay, you know, the Greek concept is you pay more than the cost. So mm-hmm. if it's cost ten bucks, you're actually paying like thirty bucks. It's more than the more. Um and so I actually thought that's what it was, but it's not. It's actually more along this idea of rescuing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, God sent him to rescue us um, who were slaves of, of the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. Um, yeah, any other yeah, thoughts on that? Yeah, that idea, I know when I was studying it, the idea of, you know, in the Greek, to buy up, to buy all, to yeah, buy right. it all up. Right. And this idea, especially for the Jews, that, well, I don't need God to buy it all up. I'm going to earn my salvation. And so then Jesus came and he fulfilled the law and he fulfilled our punishment by him taking our spot. And now we've gone right back Mm -hmm. just, you know, what, 30, 40 years later. And now the Jewish people are trying to move the Galatians back towards this idea of you can earn your own salvation. Because you can control that. Right. And and that the metaphor nowadays, you know, and and thinking about Seventh Day Adventists, you know, as as I grew up, this idea, and my my father in law asked me a couple of weeks ago, like, do you believe the Adventists are the remnant church? Mm-hmm. And I honestly, I I don't know how to answer that, mm-hmm. you know. But as growing up, I think that a lot of times we have felt like we're the the church mm-hmm. to share the truth of God, and that somehow we will have an extra notch. I was talking to my dad this weekend and he said, you know, his mom, when he was a kid, all right, we got to go witness because you got to get those extra um, jewels in the crown. And (laughs) what Paul is saying is like, that's not it. it. You've got righteousness by faith and that's how you get salvation, Mm -hmm. not righteousness by self or by works. Mm -hmm. And it's just so interesting. It doesn't matter which book that Paul's writing about. That's the same theme as we're going through. Yeah, yeah. And Satan does such a good job of putting, you know, because I think a lot of times if it was just God or Satan, we'd always choose God. But if it's God or self, right? and when we think that somehow we can earn salvation, it puts the focus on us instead of the focus on God. And I just found that, especially when we're talking about slavery here, like there's nothing that a person could do Mm -hmm. really to get out of slavery Mm -hmm. unless somehow they could buy themselves out. Mm -hmm. And what God has done here is... He bought us all out. Mm -hmm. And now we're on this equal level as Jesus because Jesus bought us. And it's that idea of, you know, I know for me personally, the struggle has always been, I have to get good enough Mm -hmm. to then receive. Mm -hmm. And what Paul is saying is you will never be good enough. Yeah. God is good enough. Your, your <laughs> most righteous acts are like filthy rags. Um, yeah, and it's interesting you brought up this this idea back when I was a t- back like six years ago when I was a teacher <laughs> um, taught high school Bible. It seems like all of the temptations like throughout Scripture and even just in regular life, um, even going back to Genesis, all temptation is really comes down to one question: Do I trust myself or do I trust God? Mm-hmm. You know, and and so it kind of goes back to what you're saying. Yeah. That's really the temptation. Am I going to trust myself and mm-hmm. what I do or don't do on Saturday or what I eat or not or, you know, what church I'm connected to or whatever? Mm-hmm. Um, or do I just trust God with it? And ultimately, trust, I think, it, it's so hard, but it, it's based on a relationship, right? Without any sort of relationship, like, it's hard to trust, mm-hmm. right? So anyway, good stuff. Um, the last thing I, I just thought was interesting with, with this, and I'll just briefly say, is in, um, yeah, verse 6, and because... Um, oh, yeah, so good. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out Abba, 
Father. Um, I know we've talked about this before in church, right? But Abba, the Aramaic, that's that's like the first, that's like the English equivalent of like Dada, right? Mm-hmm. Or Daddy. Do your kids still call you Daddy? Yeah. My kids have gotten away from it. <laughs> I don't like it. They're too cool now. Yeah. (laughs) Mine are younger than yours. So maybe it's father. Right. Yeah. No, no. They, so the older, the boys, Mm -hmm. Noah and Ben, they call me, um, they call me dad. Mm -hmm. And I remember the first, when that transition happened, I didn't like it. Yeah. It seems too formal. Yeah. I don't, I just, I like it. So Adeline, Addie, Mm -hmm. she still calls me daddy. It's like, oh yeah, let's, let's hold on to that. Um, But I think it's amazing, right? That no, we call him daddy, right? Mm -hmm. He has this relationship. It's just, just daddy, right? It's Mm -hmm. personal. It's intimate. Um, But the other thing I thought was cool is this element that it's implied that all three members of the Trinity or the Godhead are connected to spirituality, right? There's the Mm -hmm. father who sent the spirit um, of his son. And so it seems like in every element of spirituality, whether we're reading the scriptures or watching mm-hmm. this video cast or hanging out on a Saturday afternoon or whatever, um, having devotions, like the Trinity is deeply involved in all elements, mm-hmm. um, which I think is awesome, right? And, and very freeing. So yeah. anyway, I look forward to your message this week. I'm sure it's going to be crazy, amazing. <laughs> uh, so anyway, thank you, Adam. Yeah. Uh, will you close us out? Absolutely. Father, we thank you so much for uh, for being our father, for being our daddy, being our Abba Father. And mm-hmm. Lord, it's it's freeing to know that there is literally nothing that we can do to have a saving relationship with you. You are the one that saved us. And we have that righteousness by our faith in you. So that relationship comes when, when we know what you've done for us. We accept that and then we live our lives in that freedom. And Lord, I just ask that you, uh, you send your spirit throughout this week, throughout this unique time, um, that you uh, really move our hearts to understand that um, our righteousness comes from our faith in you. Lord, bless us. And Lord, we are, uh, are desperately hoping for your soon return. We ask these things in your name. Amen. 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 Thank you again, Adam, for being here, for your leadership at our church, the new church board chair. Yeah, right? no pressure, I mean, right? Wow, right? <laughs> so, um, but you, you're super involved in our church and all, and have been ever since you got here. So really appreciate you and Thank Jesse you. and being here. And uh, yeah, everyone watch the message. I'm sure it's going to be amazing. And if you need any golf lessons or basketball <laughs> lessons, he is the one to go to. Um, thanks so much for watching and we'll see you next week. Some silk, right? Some silk milk.